0: Welcome to Conversations with Anne Elizabeth, the podcast inspired by my book, I'm a Registered Dietitian, Now What?, where I have the absolute joy to sit back, relax, and have a conversation about nutrition with a variety of people who share their personal stories of passion and purpose, especially registered dietitians. Today's conversation is with Dr. Heather Finley, a registered dietitian who found nutrition while navigating her own digestive issues as a young girl and to also help improve her competitive edge as a swimmer. She is a lifelong learner who pursued her doctorate degree in clinical nutrition and has her own private practice where she focuses on the gut-brain connection and helping her clients resolve their GI issues with a comprehensive approach. Please enjoy my conversation with Heather. you because I just love your, your specialty, your platform, and everything that you do with gut and nutrition and health and all that good stuff. So I'm excited for you to share your journey with me today and my guest. But I'd love for you to kind of take me back to kind of when you were a little Heather and you're trying to figure out what you wanted to be when you grew up. How did you kind of discover dietetics and kind of talk us through that process?
1: Yeah, um, well, I guess I'm still trying to figure out what I want to do. <laughs> I, I like that's a good answer. <laughs> I think every dietitian probably feels that way a lot because there's so many things you can do in dietetics and that's the exciting part of, about it. But I guess I started um, way back as a teenager. I was a competitive swimmer. And secretly just started researching nutrition because selfishly, I wanted to swim as fast as I possibly could. and I wanted to know what I needed to eat to perform well. And so that's how I first got interested in nutrition. I, it was on a selfish um, out of <laughs> selfish desire, I guess. Um, and all my life I wanted to be a teacher. I from the time I was probably six, I wanted to be a teacher. My aunt was a teacher and I, like went and visited her classroom and thought like, this is so cool. I can't wait to be a teacher one day. And then in high school, like I said, I was a swimmer, but super interested in nutrition, you know, because of that. But the ACT, which probably brings back trauma for people. Yes. Hearing that, <laughs> I, I remember I, I, the, the journal prompt that we got for the test was about why fast food uh, restaurants should offer healthier options. I got done with the test and I got home and I was like, mom, I nailed it. And I'm not a good writer. That's never been a strength of mine. My brain is so science and math oriented. So writing was always a struggle for me. And I was like, I actually think I did amazing on that. And I started telling her like how I argued my point. And she's like, I see you online researching nutrition. Why are you wanting to be a teacher? Like you need to go into nutrition. You're such a science mind. Um, You know, I thought at one point, like being a doctor would be cool, but I hate blood. And so it's like, this is the perfect blend of science, but also teaching, you know, you will be teaching people just in a different format. And so, you know, mom's always know best. And um, I started looking at schools that had nutrition programs and landed on TCU in Texas, because I could swim there and they had a coordinated program. And so that's really where I got started is just wanting to be a teacher, loving nutrition, and then figuring out I could actually blend the two and my passion for science and learning. And so, yeah, that's a little brief, I guess, synopsis of how I got started. So did
0: the nutrition make you
1: swim the fastest? Definitely not. I mean, yes, (laughs) it definitely helped. But, you know, there's obviously people Way faster than me, but I did see a huge difference when I ate the right things and ate enough um, and fueled myself well. So, yeah.
0: yeah that helps seal the deal your mom's knowledge and what she knew about you and connecting that athletic performance with nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. So, you went to TCU, awesome school. And is that where you did all of your schooling? Or because I know that you have multi levels of your education. <laughs> So maybe talk yeah. me through your education experiences.
1: Sure. So I'm a little glutton for punishment in a sense. I went to a lot of school <laughs> and I have sworn to my husband that I'm done. And so um, but I really do truly think I am done, at least with formal school, but I will never stop learning. Um, I went to TCU, go frogs, and um, did my undergrad and then I went straight into a master's program. I actually studied sports psychology and exercise science for my master's because I wow. was really so interested in sports nutrition at the time. Um, then I took a couple years off. I worked a clinical job. I started my private practice actually in a triathlon company because I was competing in triathlons at the time. And um, then because of my own gut issues – slowly started researching the gut and was super fascinated with it and um, had kind of made the shift. But um, a couple of years down the road, I started researching doctorate programs because I really thought that I wanted to be a professor, um, kind of going back to that teaching. And so I went and met with one of my mentors at TCU and said, what do you think is the next step? And she said, well, if you want to be a professor, you really need to have higher than a master's. And um, so looked into doctorate programs and at the time was doing a lot of research on integrative nutrition and found Maryland University of Integrative Health, which is where I did my doctorate program. They have a doctorate of clinical nutrition, which is actually a newer degree. It was one of a few schools that actually has a doctorate route for clinical nutrition mm-hmm. and applied thinking I wouldn't get in because um I don't know why I just thought like oh I'm gonna have to go do other since my master's wasn't in nutrition I thought well I'm gonna need to go get a master's in nutrition and somehow a lot of my classes actually transferred over and I got in which I was super excited about and so that took about three years did that and um here I am now down the road so lots and lots of school but like I said, I love learning and I never will stop learning, but I think I'm, I'm, think I'm formally done with school, which is <laughs> exciting. Were <laughs> so you still
0: doing your own private practice while you are doing your doctorate?
1: Yes, I was. Um, it was actually a little insane at times. I was doing my doctorate. I was pregnant actually towards the end of my doctorate. When I was finishing my dissertation, I was like... Six months pregnant um, when I finally graduated, and um, also doing some consulting work. So it was a little busy. I don't actually know how I did it at the time, but you know, you always figure it out. So <laughs> that's yes, true. <laughs> I, was, I was doing private practice throughout that whole time. So, when you did, what was your dissertation on? Um, I actually did um, a study on binge eating disorder. And an integrative approach to binge eating disorder. But a lot of the other research that I did in my doctorate was on probiotics. We published like a series of seven papers on specific probiotic strains. And looking back, um, you know, that I loved that. That was so interesting to me. And so I'm I'm glad that I kind of got that start um, taking a deep dive into that because it's really where I learned a lot about the gut and a lot about the gut brain, and that's why I'm, you know, kind of pursuing that now. And that's kind of been the focus of my private practice for the last several several years. But yeah, my dissertation was actually on binge eating disorder, which actually has a lot to do with the gut, actually. But um, yeah,
0: interesting. Interesting how that all kind of um, correlates with what you're doing now professionally and what you've learned over the years has propelled you into learning more about the gut. Yes. Yes. And you said that you kind of had your own personal connection. Do you mind sharing just kind of what you were going through and why you kind of figured out that there has to be something else that, because, you know, I I know that you've mentioned in a couple of your social media posts, like quit eliminating all this food. It's not the food. You got to figure out the source. So was that kind of the experience that you were
1: going through? Yeah. So I struggled with gut issues my whole life. Like I was the kid that was always constipated um, always bloated. Um, you know, I remember, I remember like several instances where I was like in so much pain, I was just miserable and was pretty much just written off by every doctor that like I was anxious or that, um, you know, there was nothing wrong or whatever. And so I guess in some sense, my pursuit of nutrition as a degree was also to help my gut issues. Um, And, you know, went to undergrad and honestly didn't learn a ton about how to help my gut issues. At that point, I kind of thought, well, I guess this is just normal. Like, I guess I need to feel like this the rest of my life because no one can seem to figure out what's wrong with me. Um, It wasn't honestly till after college that I really started digging into a lot of the integrative literature on nutrition and kind of made myself my own case study and was able to get to the root of the problem. But yeah, I mean, it was very easy for me to think like, oh, you know, the reason I feel this way is because of this certain food and, um, you know, just started cutting things out left and right in order to hopefully make myself feel better. And, you know, I would feel better for a little while and then it would seem like something else would bother me. And so when I was able to get to the bottom of my problems, which ended up being a variety of things, um, I felt so much better and was actually able to eat a much wider variety of foods um, and not have to be on a restricted diet. So it's something that I love to tell my patients because I think a lot of them feel really discouraged. Like in order to manage their symptoms, they have to be on this ultra restrictive diet, cut all these foods out and they have to live like that and, you know, completely isolate themselves from every situation because they can't eat the food or they don't want to travel because they're scared of eating out. And so I love being able to help people get to the root of their problem so that they don't have to do that and then they can go about living their life how they want to.
0: And I I think that's such an important approach because I feel like some people are scared to come see a professional about their, you know, issues with their gut because they think, Mm -hmm. oh, I'm not going to be able to eat anything ever again. I'm going to have to take all these medications and I'll just deal with it. And like you said, I won't travel. I won't go do these activities. Do you kind of see that sometimes too?
1: Oh yeah. I mean, at least weekly, I'm on the phone with someone who said like, you know, I'm so glad I found your account because I'm, I don't want to have to live on a super restrictive diet forever. Like I want to learn how I can be free with food yet free of my digestive symptoms too. Um, So I think it's super common just being, I think also just the fear of being told nothing's wrong with you and here's some medication or, you just need to be more rigid with your diet. Like that just doesn't work. I mean, people are human. We're not robots. And I would never ask someone to do something that I wouldn't personally do. And I think oftentimes healthcare practitioners forget that. Like it's easy for them to prescribe something to someone, but I guess the question is, would they do it themselves too?
0: That's it. i that's a good way of looking at it because I think you're right. When I I think about the patients I get, it's always like a referral for IBS. They're on this medication. Put them on the FODMAP diet. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. That's all I get. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not the solution. Do you? No. I mean, is that pretty common for most people that go to see a GI doctor?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. A lot of the patients that I see are like, I tried FODMAP. It didn't work for me, or I felt better, but now I feel worse, and so to offer a different approach is honestly refreshing to people. And not to say that FODMAP isn't a great tool because it can be, but I think the piece that is missing is that FODMAP is a very short term elimination. It's not meant to be a long-term lifestyle. And so, but people don't know that. And they're either just handed a handout that says here, try the low FODMAP diet and then never instructed on how to actually Safely add things back in, and how to add variety, and why that's important. But then they're scared. They're like, "Well, I feel better on this, so why would I ever think about adding something in?" Yeah. I, I, I felt horrible before. So,
0: so true. So, how yeah. did so when you decided to transition your business? Because first of all, I mean, like having your own business and trying to figure out what you what you're going to do is difficult, and mm-hmm. kind of on such a strict like kind of niche that you're doing. How did you? navigate figuring out like this is what I'm going to do and I'm just going to be really really good at it.
1: That's a good question. I don't I don't know. It just in one day I was like, "You know what? I feel like I'm spinning my wheels." You know, I I had a pretty solid local private practice and knew a lot of eating disorder people in the area and would get referrals from doctors and it honestly was just making me so stressed out to kind of wonder who was going to be walking through the door and finally just decided like I want to be the expert in one area and that doesn't mean that I'm not going to get to see other people but I want to be known for one thing and be really really good at one thing and realizing that that was not going to restrict me I think I had this mindset of like well if I start Like marketing to one person or one type of person, then all of a sudden I'm going to lose all these referrals, and you know, these Mm -hmm. other people are never going to walk through my door. And that has not been the case at all. But it's given me so much more confidence knowing, like, I am an expert in this area and I truly feel confident in being able to help people do this and I don't have to stress about like who's coming through the door and what random thing do they have going on that I may or may not know anything about because there's such a wide variety of um, areas in nutrition and um, I wanted to be specialized in an area.
0: Is your practice more like telehealth? Is it more in person? Do you do a combination of both?
1: I. I am in the process of transferring 100% online, and I'm about 90% there. I still have a physical office, um, but most of my patients are actually online, and actually COVID has helped that just because I wasn't going into my office for a while, and you know, people have realized, oh, it's actually fine to meet over yeah. the internet, and it's actually super convenient for me. Um <laughs> So in some sense, that was maybe the nudge I needed, but um, yeah, I, I, I do get a lot of patients online from all over. So that's um, nice and fun. I get to know people from all areas and I love it.
0: When you were, I know you did talk about your doctorate and how you did a lot of different education with probiotics. And like you said, you did your dissertation on binge eating. When you think about like the integrative medicine scope of Educating ourselves on like the gut brain and all that kind of stuff as dietitians, how do you find the most credible information to figure out where to start to learn that information?
1: Yeah, um, that's hard because I know that there is a lot of pseudoscience to sift through, and it's hard to know like what's research backed I mean, this sounds really cliche, but PubMed is a great resource <laughs> like looking at actual studies and human trials and figuring out like what research is actually valid and what works. Um, you know there are like certain certifications and other trainings that you can do um, in the integrative space, but it is difficult to sift through what is actually valid and backed by science and what isn't. so, Um, I was glad to have my doctorate program, honestly, because that really helped me to know, like, okay, what is actually true and helpful and backed by research? And what is maybe just Dr. Google telling me something on the internet? (laughs) Um, It's hard, I think, just because we have so much information at our fingertips all the time.
0: And and I actually had, uh, she's an intern, and she's like, well, I think I want to, like, Eventually get a certificate in integrative medicine. You know, do you have any that you recommend? And I, I couldn't answer her because I was like, I know there's lots of different options. I don't know what's the best credible source to get that certification. So is that something that you recommend to people if they're interested in going into that field?
1: Yeah, I mean, just looking for something that is like. So for me, when I was looking at my doctorate program, I wanted something that was accredited um, and that was backed like by the academy and it was and so that really narrowed my search because like I said there were only two I think there were at the time only two schools that had a doctorate of clinical nutrition mm-hmm. that were accredited so you know really I didn't have a whole lot of choices Sure, um, but you know as far as like non-formal education like just certifications or trainings um you know, there's, there's a lot of different, I feel like every day there's new trainings coming out, but you know, there, there are dietitians that do integrative training that, you know, are credible sources. And, um, like I know Susan Allen has a great program. Um, and then there's IFNA is a good starting place for people. I'm sure there's more that I'm just not thinking of right now. Okay. I just,
0: that's a good, if someone ever asked me that again, (laughs) I don't know if they will, but you never know. It might be something that comes up. Yeah. So talk to me about kind of your approach with how you work with your clients and where do you kind of start? Cause it is such a, I mean, the gut thing is such a personal thing. I feel like I'm sure you hear lots of insane personal stories and histories and things like that. And so maybe kind of talk about your approach to helping people heal their gut.
1: Yeah. So I do get a lot of personal information. <laughs> and I'm really grateful that my clients trust me to tell me these things because it does help me understand them and know them. And I mean, that is part of it. Like part of helping someone is getting to know them and knowing like what what they want out of it too, just figuring out what their goals are instead of what your goals are for them. Um, But I mean, looking at it from all angles food. Yes, that is totally part of the gut, but stress management is a huge part of the gut brain connection and gut issues. Um, You know, probiotics do have their place. I think people think, Oh, if I just take a probiotic, I'll fix my gut issues. And that is definitely not the case, but Um, looking at sleep, looking at movement, looking at variety. I mean, one of the biggest things that I try to encourage my patients is the biggest study that was ever done on gut health shows that the wider variety of plant foods that you eat, so grains, um, veggies, fruits, nuts, seeds, the more diverse of a microbiome you have. And so we know that and helping them to slowly integrate some of these higher fiber foods that maybe they don't tolerate and figuring out why they don't tolerate fiber. So looking at motility, looking at overgrowth, looking at um, dysbiosis, looking at everything that would affect the body's ability to digest fiber, even just how they're digesting, absorbing their food. You know, do you have enough stomach acid? Do you have the right enzymes needed to do this? And so I think oftentimes people just really do want a list of eat this and don't eat this. But the reality is you can't just do that. You have to look at it from all angles. If you really, truly want to get to the underlying issues, the root of the problem and help people feel better.
0: Well, And like you said, too, like um, binge eating, that definitely affects the gut. So there's probably lots of other things that people are like, oh, yeah, I did that for a couple years of my life or this happened in my life. and.
1: I I guess I feel like
0: there's episodes in people's lives that also throw off the microbiome.
1: Oh, for sure. And I mean even things like eating environment, you know, I use a lot of mindful eating practices or intuitive eating practices in my approach because Even the environment in which people eat or even the frequency in which they eat, you know, like, are you snacking all day long? That's going to affect your gut versus are you eating regular, well-balanced meals with space in between them like that in itself makes a huge difference. So oftentimes it's funny because in the first session with my clients, you know, I think they're expecting like, oh, she's going to give me this like list of yes and this list of no. And I don't, you know, we're talking about like, well, where do you normally eat? How long does it take you to eat? Are you chewing? You know, how long are in between your meals? Um, What are you actually including in a meal? Do you have all the food groups that you need? And so really, it sounds like very basic, but most people don't even do the basics. So you have to start with that before you tell someone to just cut out a bunch of foods, because one, that's adding more stress. But sometimes people don't even know what a regular balanced meal is. And you know we can forget that and i think as dietitians we just assume
0: i think on the regular we're like oh yeah everybody totally knows what a what the my plate uh-huh. or the food pyramid looks like and and that's not mm-hmm. you're right that's not true and thinking about chewing and the setting and how often like those are questions that are such good things to ask in any consultation with any client just to kind of get an idea of what they're doing what their habits are
1: yeah, no, it's really easy. I think just as dietitians, you assume. But I mean, I was talking to someone the other day, and she's like, I don't even know what fiber is. And I was like, it just like stopped me in my tracks, because I'm like, I never thought about the fact that someone might not know what fiber is like. Of course, I need to explain what that is. You know, you just kind of get ahead of yourself. You're like, okay, you need to include fiber. And it's like, well, what actually even is fiber? I don't know what that is. How do I include it? What are the best types of fiber, you know? Sure. Um, so we kind of get a- ahead of ourselves.
0: I also liked how you mentioned about the probiotic thing. I feel like that's so trendy right now. And people are like, oh, I read it in a magazine and I should just take uh-huh. a probiotic. And they come in, and they're like, what kind of probiotic should I take? And it's like, well... That's not an easy question (laughs) because like you said, there's so many different strains. So maybe talk a little bit about like how you kind of discuss probiotics with people.
1: Yeah. So first I'll say probiotics are strain specific. So you have to match the strain to the condition. If you have heart disease, there are probiotics for that. If you have bloat, there are probiotics for that. Um, And so you can't just go to CVS and buy some random probiotic and expect it to fix whatever issue it is. You need to make sure it's the right strain for the right condition. Um, And I guess the way that I talk to people about probiotics is I think people think that probiotics are this like natural cure and they are, but they forget about the other things that actually are more important, like prebiotics. So probiotics are the live good bacteria in your gut that help keep you healthy and help support your immune system. But they need fiber or prebiotics to survive. And so if someone's just taking a bunch of probiotics, but not supporting the probiotic with prebiotics, it's not going to survive in the gut for very long, because just like we need food, so do they. And so Sometimes you don't even really need to take a probiotic. You need to focus on the prebiotics before you ever even think about taking a probiotic. Um, And oftentimes, especially in gut issues specifically, taking a probiotic may actually make the problem worse. So you have to address the underlying issues before you just start throwing probiotics at it. Um, and making sure it's the right fit for the right condition.
0: Yeah, I've heard that um, if you you have to heal like you kind of have to heal your gut first if you have really bad underlying GI issues before you throw a probiotic in the mix.
1: Yeah, I had a patient the other day actually who she was seeing another practitioner and they gave her a, a probiotic and she said, you know, she took it and she was laid up in bed for like two days because Ooh. of the pain. And I'm like, I mean, obviously, that's a really extreme example, but it can happen. And so you just have to be careful, like know what you're recommending and why you're recommending it. Do your research and make sure you're addressing the underlying issues before you just start recommending a probiotic. And more importantly, make sure the diet can support the probiotic and make sure that there is enough fiber to help sustain it. And maybe just start with some fermented foods, maybe some sauerkraut or, you know, maybe some real pickles and see, see how that goes before you're just taking a probiotic.
0: That's a good point. I like that. I'll use that in my next probiotic question. I'm like, how are some fermented foods? Let's start with that. <laughs> yeah. Now you have a program that you offer. Um, which I know you do client stuff too, but you have a specific program that you've created and you offer to clients. Can you talk about that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So I have a small group program and the reason that I created it is because I felt like there was a huge disconnect between people who struggled with gut issues and really feeling alone in their journey and very isolated. You know, I think it's very common with gut issues for people to kind of be written off or be told like, you're fine or, you know, just try eating this. It won't kill you or whatever. And Mm -hmm. not recognizing like the impact that that can have on someone who really has struggled with gut issues for a long time. So I basically took what I do with my one to one clients and created a group coaching program. And so, so far, the results have been amazing. Um, Having that community surrounding your gut issues and other women that feel just like you is extremely beneficial. And just having people that maybe are not struggling with the exact same thing, but the same symptoms um, can make you feel really heard and understood and just provide you support that you might not be getting outside of it. Um, You know, I've, I've heard from several of my clients in the group that just Even like their spouses just don't seem to understand like what they're going through. And so just knowing that someone else gets it is helpful. And so just walking patients through my method of healing the gut, which, as I explained earlier, looks at everything from eating environment to eating speed to the underlying issues that are surrounding the gut problems, um, looking at nutrition, looking at exercise, everything and we do that over a period of three months and so far it's been great I love it it's very energizing to work in that capacity and be able to facilitate that for people
0: I can see that being so helpful just having that camaraderie of people going through similar things that again aren't being heard or don't have that support I love that idea
1: yeah it's great and I'm super grateful that I get to be a part of it. Just watching these women lean on each other and help each other and, um, you know, get better is amazing. Yeah. So have you had, yeah. any,
0: have you had any dietitians to your program?
1: I have. Yeah. yeah. I actually have one in my program right now, which is awesome. That's great. And
0: I, I, you know, this gut thing affects everybody. It's not just a certain person that, I mean, there could be people that eat super well and, still have gut issues. So again, there's so much, so much more to it than just food.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I'm amazed all the time and I shouldn't be because I was in their shoes before, but the amount of messages I get from dietitians, like, Hey, where did you learn what you learned? Or how did you get training? You know, kind of like you were asking me earlier is amazing because I was there. I remember graduating from college being like, okay, well, I know a lot about nutrition, but I don't know how to actually make myself better. And I don't know why these things aren't working. And so it was really frustrating to feel like, okay, I've just spent four years in school and I still don't know how to help myself. Like what's going on? And so, you know, if that's you, if that's someone listening, just know that you you can and that there's answers out there and there are plenty of ways that you can educate yourself and it's not the end for sure.
0: And to, I think it's very important to, to reach out to someone like you versus, I mean, it's always going to start with your medical doctor. I think that's a great place to start, but I don't think they're as educated in this space as say, maybe someone like you that's done a lot of research that has a doctorate, you know, that knows more about it. And I feel like there needs to be more of you in the world to kind of help complement that medical diagnosis.
1: Well, and I mean some of it is just doctors don't have time. I mean, like they know what they know and they do what they were trained to do and nutrition was like two hours (laughs) of their training. So of course they just give them a low FODMAP handout they don't know, you know, and so that's why I think it's it does take an interdisciplinary team and it does take looking at it from, you know, both the medical angle and maybe from the nutrition side as well as you know, many other angles, because like we said earlier, the gut really is the center of it all. I think the gut affects almost everything in the body. And it's so fascinating to me.
0: I'm I'm with you. I think that's great that you are helping so many people. It's awesome. So anything exciting planned for you in the future? Anything that you're working on that you want to
1: share? Uh, right now I'm still, I'm just working on my group program. I'm actually working on getting approval from the Academy for a CEU course for dietitians about the gut brain. So super excited about that. Um, and I don't know what that will look like down the road, but yeah, just continuing to better myself and be able to help my patients better.
0: Well, you'll have to keep me updated on that because I will update that information in the show notes. So if people yeah, are interested, absolutely. we could get them directed to you.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Well, I, I, again, I'm thankful so much for your time. I think, I think what you're doing is fascinating and I, I just feel like probably, what do you think like the population of people that have probably have gut issues is?
1: You mean like the percentage of people? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, it depends where you read, but, and it depends kind of to what extent, but I've, I've heard like one in six people, it has been diagnosed with IBS, but I would be willing to believe that it's way higher than that because I mean, I feel like a lot of people have gut issues and don't realize that it's actually a gut issue, but that's just my own, that's not backed by science. That's just my own personal opinion. Cause I mean, I think like, hormone issues are linked to the gut and, Mm -hmm. you know, mental health is linked to the gut. So I don't know what that would look like in a statistic, but it's a pretty high prevalence, in my opinion.
0: It's Well, and I I just, I was thinking about like pharmaceuticals and like what's the most common prescribed medications. And it's usually all like antidepressants, it's, you Mm -hmm. know, acid reflux medication. So it's hard not to believe that that's probably the primary spot that they need to work on but that's like you said they just don't realize that if they would just work on healing their gut some of these other issues might resolve.
1: And stress. I mean, yeah. I think it's like 75% of primary care visits are related to stress. Oh. And so we know that stress affects the gut and if people can manage their stress then everything in the body works better. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. I mean crazy crazy times we live in and also just crazy how it's all connected. So true. So true.
0: Well, I have to end with my five questions for you. These are the tough questions. You answered all the easy ones. Uh, Share with me some of your favorite foods that you enjoy.
1: My favorite foods. Um, Favorite food, I would say is chocolate. Um, I also love green sour apples. Um, I don't know why I've loved them my whole life. Um, <laughs> my mom said she ate green apple jelly Ranchers when she was pregnant with me. Oh. so maybe Um, <laughs> yeah, um, I love Thai food. Um, curry is like one of my favorite things ever. And, um, I love a good glass of red wine.
0: That was my next question. I was gonna ask what your favorite beverage was. So red wine, anything else that you enjoy as far as beverages?
1: I love coffee. Um, and I also love matcha tea.
0: Ooh, I'm a big matcha fan for sure.
1: You like green seems
0: to be kind of a theme for you.
1: (laughs) Right? I know. (laughs) Is
0: there any sense or smells that you enjoy? Oh, I love the smell of garlic cooking. Oh, that's a good one. That's the first time I've heard that. That's amazing.
1: (laughs) And also in a weird way, I know people are going to think I'm crazy, but I love the smell of chlorine just because I spent so much of my life in the pool. When I smell chlorine now, it like takes me back. Just Uh like, it's so like comforting to me because I mean, the pool, I don't know, any swimmers know like the black line is very therapeutic. When you stare at that at the bottom of the pool for hours and hours a day, like I just smell that chlorine and it just calms me down. Did you swim all through college? I I didn't swim all through college. I had to stop because of the coordinated program.
0: Gotcha. That's a full-time job in itself along with college.
1: (laughs) I know. Basically, they were like, you're in if you're done (laughs) swimming. And I was like, "Oh." oh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah darn it well I guess I'm not going to be a professional swimmer so here we go <laughs>
0: um anything that you like to listen to while you're working or you're
1: playing or with family I love listening to podcasts of all kind whether they're just like wellness podcasts or even just like talk show podcasts I like I like any podcast I also love music of any kind I like um like Gavin DeGraw and Rector, um any worship music um i tend to always have music playing in the background
0: awesome. and what brings you joy in life
1: what brings me joy um my daughter Charlotte who is 20 months old and my husband Dave and our two pups
0: uh your your family is adorable thank you i so <laughs> <too>. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for your time today. And I will link uh, your website in the show notes. And I really do appreciate all you're doing for our profession and educating and future educating dietitians, which I think is exciting. And just thanks for being a great resource in this space.
1: Yeah. Thanks so much for having me.
0: I am fascinated by the work Heather does and really think her approach is extremely helpful for individuals going through a variety of gut issues. I know that I would refer people to her just because she has that comprehensive approach. And I think it's so important to look at the whole person, not just the immediate symptoms that people are having, because there is so many other factors. So I love that's how she does her work. If you're interested in connecting with her or learning more about her three-month program, you can find the link to her website, nourishfunctionalhealth.com, and that's in the show notes. Remember to be great always, spend the joy in each day, and to start a conversation that truly matters.